0: Hello, it's um, Vanessa Garrity from Beyond the Room, and we are at the end of the day at um, York University today for the World Mental Health event. If you're following on Twitter, that was hashtag York. Um, I'm here now with Dr. Joseph Firth, and I say Joseph because I have a Joseph, but I know you like to call Joe. Um, and um, and Joe's just given a, a great presentation this afternoon um, as part of the Lancet Commission blueprint on um, protecting physical health people with severe mental illness. So, um, Joe, for people who've been listening online and aren't here today, could you just give
1: people a bit of a flavour about the work you've been doing? Yeah, sure. So, um, obviously, our our recent Lancet Commission was targeting the severe health inequalities that affect people living with mental illness. Um, We were aiming to identify the extent of the problem, first of all, and then present some new solutions. So I can talk a little bit about those, if you like, in terms of... yes. yes. Um, So uh, really the key points coming out of the commission was better integration of physical and mental health care. Obviously treating the body and mind together is going to result in better outcomes for both the body and the mind. Currently our services um, in in primary care are set up a little bit to divide the treatment of physical and and mental health. Even though we know that it's very common for these long-term conditions to occur as comorbidities with each other. So integrating that care is important. Also, improving the physical health care within mental health services. Yeah. Um, we are, we've got to remember that we're often even using treatments in mental health that have adverse effects on people's physical health. So we can't neglect uh, the body you know, in treating the mind. And it's important to start protecting the physical health from the very first initiation of treatment. And that is really a, a core message of the commission in terms of shifting the emphasis towards prevention and yeah. protection of physical health um, Obviously, we we don't believe that poor physical health is inevitable in people diagnosed with mental illness, but it's certainly foreseeable. For instance, a a young patient showing up at the first time at the mental health services, uh, if they have a a lifestyle that predisposes them towards high risk of um, adverse health outcomes, such as a poor diet, physical inactivity and smoking, just due to the conditions that they've found themselves in. um, And then we, we couple that with Psychiatric medications that have adverse physical health effects, it's, it's silly almost yeah. to not start addressing the physical health and delivering evidence-based physical health care from the very initiation of mental health treatment. And that is really a core message in, in trying to inform uh, services in how to deliver that, that evidence-based care.
0: I know we talked briefly earlier, didn't we, about um, early intervention, and it's quite interesting. I hadn't really thought of um, what you were saying before around we've very focused for quite a while on the importance of early intervention mental health services, but we haven't really thought as much about physical health within
1: that. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. Early intervention for physical health is just as important as mental health in terms of the long-term outcomes, especially remembering that uh, people with mental illness you know are most, are most likely to die prematurely due to physical health conditions, that's what we need to start targeting straight away and, and the mental health care game is really playing catch up with what we already know from the general population which is that preventing physical conditions such as diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease from ever arising is a lot more feasible and a lot more cost effective than trying to reverse uh, these long term, so it is about dedicating just as much resources to long term care as to prevention
0: um, it was a very striking slide that you put up about Burger King um, for example the ways in which um, fast food giants are kind of jumping on the bandwagon around um, mental health and, and using the sort of World Mental Health Day message in kind of a humorous way but um, in a very unethical way and I know that um, we tweeted some of the images and there's a few very mixed comments about um, you know, the purpose of that message and whether it was okay or not okay. So I guess I'm just interested in, in your, you know, your views
1: on that, really. Yeah, I'll sure. So so what you're speaking about there is presumably Burger King's Feel Your Way campaign, which was uh, basically advertising a range of very unhealthy meals. You know, it's basically their Whopper meal with fries, um, towards specific states of, of poor mental health in terms of feeling low, uh, feeling angry, feeling apathetic, what we'd really consider as like trans-diagnostic hallmarks of poor mental health. Burger King had advertised their products in a way to appeal towards those signals of poor mental health, and they've done this in conjunction with the Mental Health Awareness Month of May, saying if you're feeling this way eat these products and that's terrible when we consider yeah it is Uh, when you consider that as i just mentioned people with mental illness die young Mm -hmm. due to physical health conditions largely linked to you know cardiometabolic causes so to just try and capitalize on mental health awareness in order to push your unhealthy product on people experiencing those psychological vulnerabilities it's it's as much um it's much of the problem as what big tobacco got caught Quite a while ago, for doing similar things with the with the smoking, advertising that towards people with mental illness, and it's happening again. So it's, but it is as much up to the government to prevent this as industries will always just capitalise on wherever they see uh, financial opportunity. So it's not to be unexpected in some ways, but it is up to the government and health policy to actually change and say, no, you can't advertise those type of products specifically towards people with mental illness.
0: Yeah, definitely, because the message publicly is that everyone's responsible for, for mental health, but often the conversations are focused more on the wellbeing end of the mental health spectrum and the perception that people have got some more mild mental health issues that they'll get better and go back to work when we know that there's lots of mental health inequalities. Which really brings me to my next point, that it's World Mental Health Day today, Um, And I know um, certainly from being on Twitter a lot that there's um, a very sort of critical group of people and I share some of those concerns about um, World Mental Health Day can sometimes come across um, quite superficially whereas today we focus very much on um, mental health inequalities as well which has been positive. And I just wondered from your point of view what were your thoughts on World Mental Health Day and some of the things I've just talked about?
1: Yeah, certainly. Well, as, as a concept, obviously, World Mental Health Day is, is excellent. Yeah. But then people are, uh, industries and corporations will try and misuse it to their own advantage. People use it superficially. Uh, it might even increase stigma around severe mental illness if it's misused. But today has been excellent in terms yeah. of delivering more... Um, actionable messages rather than saying let's just be aware of mental health vaguely yeah. we're saying let's be aware of the, of the challenges that people with mental illness face with regards to the physical health with regards to inequalities in day-to-day life and how we can actually understand the connection between physical and mental health to improve uh, health outcomes for people living with mental illness and these are the type of messages which uh, World Mental Health Day wants to be adopting if we're going to be effective.
0: Definitely. Okay, so you've been living in, in Sydney for some time, so um, what, um, what learning have you brought back in terms of um, the differences, I guess, between um, you know, an Australian approach and the UK approach?
1: Well, yeah, um, Sydney, in particular, uh, Bondi Health Services, the early intervention services, are actually already doing exactly what we just spoke about, which is early intervention for physical health. They actually have their health service, their mental health services for young people set up downstairs. The meeting room has been changed into a gym. They have dietitian and cooking classes delivered by experts in that field. And it's so well received. You know, it's quite inspiring to see young people showing up for mental health and then receiving Physical health and just the integration kind of sends the right message, which is yeah. if, you tr- if you're treating your mental health, then taking into account your physical health is also important. And it's not to be forgotten. We've spoken a lot about the physical health effects today, but also like the mental health effects of adopting a healthy lifestyle are, yeah. are very positive as well. Even in cases of severe mental illness, you can still reduce psychiatric symptoms yeah. uh, by adopting a healthy lifestyle. If you're given the support to do so, it can't just be put on the service user to say, go be healthy good luck you have to provide those systems and uh, in Sydney they are already doing that in certain regions and trying to scale that up so that's quite encouraging